0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Christ is in our midst. You shall be. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Yes. I feel like I'm shouting, but we're outside, so I want you to be able to hear me. Put your hand up if you like ketchup. Okay. Now put your hand up if you like mustard. Any of you only like ketchup and you don't like mustard? Put your hand up then. Okay. Ketchup seems to be more popular than mustard between the two condiments. Um, Tell me something about ketchup. What's it made from? Tomatoes. Okay. What else you need to put in it? Anybody know? Sugar. Vinegar. Anybody else? Water, so we got tomatoes, water, sugar, vinegar, salt, okay. Maybe some food coloring, I don't know. Tomatoes aren't that red, are they? You got one? (coughs) Oregano, okay, so, so nice spices. Um. Maybe tomato paste in addition to the tomatoes. So a lot of things go into ketchup. Um, it's salty and it's sweet, right? I think that's why we like it. And I had a feeling people would prefer ketchup over mustard. Not overwhelmingly, but if you had to pick one, right? So we like ketchup. Is ketchup mentioned in the Bible? No. No? What about mustard? Yes. Yeah, I think we heard about mustard today, or at least we heard about... The mustard tree. The mustard seed that makes the plant that grows into a tree. And Jesus used that as a parable... To tell us about what? He's not talking about condiments. What is he really talking about? The kingdom of heaven, right? These last few days in the morning gospels, we've been hearing Jesus talk about what heaven is like. Jesus teaches in a parable, which is a story, right? We heard some other parables Yesterday and last week about heaven. Um, Let's talk about the mustard seed first. How is heaven like the mustard seed? I think that one was pretty straightforward because Jesus told us, right? What do we know about a mustard seed? It's, yeah. Okay, it's very small. It's tiny. It's one of the smallest seeds. I don't even know if you can see it or recognize it if you have it. Uh, But when you plant it in the ground, it grows into not a small plant, but a very big plant, even a tree, and it grows so broad and wide and strong that birds can come and make their nests in it. So um, it's kind of a radical transformation. Jesus is telling us that heaven is like that. Heaven is like a radical transformation, something very small that becomes something huge and becomes a home for some of God's creation. So remember that. <laughs> What's the other parable he tells? And if you ever make bread at home, maybe you've made holy bread for church, right? What do you need to make holy bread? Flour. Flour. Water. Mm-hmm. Yeast. And maybe I think you use this one too. Well, you put those together, you get the dough, but what's another ingredient you could add to it, Ben? Your are eight, sorry. Sugar, um, yeah, probably not for holy bread, although some some churches might put a little on the top to make it firm. Salt, so, okay. That's kind of all we use for holy bread for the most part. Maybe some, some sugar too in some churches. I think my church, they put a little sugar too. That's why it tastes so good. <laughs> but what's the important ingredient there? If you didn't have the thing that makes it puff up, So the priest can cut it and make the lamb. What's the thing that makes it puff up? It takes just a little bit. And you put it in all the flour and everything benefits from it. What is that? Yeast. Jesus calls it leaven. That's an old-fashioned word. It's another word for the yeast. The thing that makes it rise. Once again, we have something very simple, which is just a little bit of... uh, You ever see yeast? You ever buy it in the store? It comes in a really small tub. And it smells kind of funny. And you put a few sprinkles of it in... A big amount of flour and lots of water and the other ingredients and all the bread rises and it looks like it's supposed to look. So once again, the example is something very small and seemingly insignificant that grows into over time and over the process, something very effective and yeast and leaven to make the bread rise. So Jesus is telling us that heaven is like that. Sometimes we ask the question, what will heaven be like? You know, and we speak about the future tense, and that's okay, because we don't know. We hope to get to heaven. But a good question for us to ask here, especially at camp, is what is heaven like? Notice the difference? Not what will heaven be like, but speaking in the present tense, what is heaven like? That's the question I like to hear, and that's the question I want to talk about today and share with you, that heaven is like Camp. (coughs) Heaven is like the Antiochian village. Especially tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? Anybody know? Are we going to be in the outdoor chapel? Doing daily orthos. What are you going to do tomorrow? We're going to have divine liturgy. That's right. And we had divine liturgy on Sunday. And we had it a week ago, maybe today. I think it was Wednesday, right? And then when you go home in your parishes on a Sunday or a feast day, and you have divine liturgy, you are experiencing heaven. That's the closest thing we have to heaven in the world, is divine liturgy. Isn't that something? Do you remember yesterday, Father Joel told us, when the priest says, blessed is the kingdom, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he blesses the beginning of liturgy. He announces that the kingdom is here. Right? So how is camp and liturgy like heaven? Why is liturgy the closest thing we have to heaven in the world? Anybody want to? Yes. That's right. Didn't we hear that? As soon as we say blessed is the kingdom and it's announced we're no longer in the world. We're in the kingdom of heaven. We're on God's time. That's why you guys should never be late for church. Don't ever miss blessed is the kingdom. You don't want to miss it announced and come in late. You might be too late, right? We're in the kingdom. We're in God's time. And who's the king in that kingdom? It's Jesus, right? There's an Old Testament passage where the prophet Isaiah, he's one of the great prophets. This is chapter six of Isaiah. He has a vision And he sees God enthroned in heaven. And he talks about it. And he says, God is sitting on his throne. And there's smoke going up from the incense. And there's lots of gold and lots of light. And he hears cherubim and seraphim, the angels that minister to God at his throne. And they're singing, holy, holy, holy art thou, O God. And Isaiah sees this vision of heaven and he's really, uh, he's awestruck. He's amazed. He can't believe how wonderful it is. In fact, it's so wonderful that he realized that he's a sinful man and he might be in trouble for seeing that. So um, his description of heaven really reminds us of what we see when we worship at the divine liturgy. Don't we see... The lights, and don't we see God enthroned? Now, we're outside today, and this is not divine liturgy, but what's at the center of the table that we made an altar today? What's, what's, what's on the center of it? The gospel. the gospel book, right? This is God's word to us. This is what we're taught. This represents God for us today. At the center of the altar table, um, we don't have a high place, but we have the word of God in the gospel books. So when he's there in the midst of us, we are in heaven, and particularly um, in the the setting of the divine liturgy. The holy and the holy, don't we sing that every, every liturgy? Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. That's the number one song in heaven, I like to tell people. Probably the only song we sing, and the only song that gets played, because God is there, and we're there to worship him and call him holy. So... Divine liturgy is a taste of that. You don't have to wait till the end to experience heaven or to wonder what is it going to be like. It's like being in church, but on a more awesome scale. Compare it to a tiny mustard seed and then blossoming into a giant tree that's so massive that birds of the air can come and make their nests in it. One more important thing about heaven that I want to share with you, because we're all here, and this is camp, and I said it's like camp, is we can't do it by ourselves. Just like we can't do divine liturgy by ourselves. This morning I walked down to the chapel, and um, I didn't get the memo that we were going to be outside, so I walked in and there were only a handful of people there, and I thought, is nobody here for matins? What am I going to do? I'm supposed to serve Matins. What if nobody showed up at Matins? What do you think Father would do? Would he start it and pray it and do it? You think so? How many of you think I wouldn't? If nobody showed up, it was just Father Fred or Father Anthony or Father Joel or Father Chris. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the service, right? Because what's important Not just that a priest is there to proclaim the gospel. Somebody has to hear it, right? I had a professor, Father Alexander Schmemann, in the seminary. He wasn't my professor, but he was the professor of some of my professors. And um, they asked him one time, can a priest do the divine liturgy without any people? And you know what he said? Well, who would there be to say amen? Who would there be to affirm what is being presented, what is being offered, what is being praised in the service. So we need the people, we need you to say amen. So you're an integral part of heaven, all of you here. It's not just one person, it's not just a priest, it's not just a bishop, it's all of us together. So when we're at camp, we really feel that all togetherness. And that's why I said this is the closest thing we're going to get to heaven, probably in this world. We're all a little bit different, aren't we? If we haven't learned anything over these past 10 days, um, if we've learned anything, I think it's probably that we all have gifts. We all are given blessings by God. We have strengths. We have things we can do, things we can't do so well. But there are other people that have different gifts. And it's okay to have different gifts. What we want to do is share them with each other and build up one another with the gifts that God has given us. I really like being here and hearing people read and all of you sing with your voices and hear the stories and the things you share in the Christian ed lessons and in the Ask Abuna sessions. It builds me up. You know, I'm a priest and I'm coming here to teach you, but when I have a session with you, I learn a lot too and I'm built up. So I thank you for that. Remember, brothers and sisters in Christ, that what we have here is very close to paradise. We're tasting heaven now, so that when it comes in its fullness at the end of time, whenever the Lord comes again, we will be ready for it. The more often you do it, like any good thing, you get better at it. So go to church. Praise God with holy, holy, holy. Attend the divine liturgy. Participate. Come together and worship and build one another up because that's what heaven is like. Exercise it now so that you'll be ready for it when it comes in its fullness. And thank God for the opportunity of this gathering during session three of Antiochian Village in the summer of 2019. Christ is in our midst. Yeah, he is in our God. God. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Thank you.